A loss is never fun, Sun Devil fans, but we knew it was probably eventual for the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team as the team came down to earth on Monday night against the UCLA Bruins. In the meantime, we do got to talk some more football, though, and who are some possible options to continue to give some bodies and potential competition to the Arizona State Sun Devils football quarterback backfield, Connor is one of those options not even in the state of Arizona right now? All that and more on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend and co-guide, Connor Drios. You can follow both of us on Twitter, myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at C Drios, and you can follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms, Monday through Friday, the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world, which includes what is not limited to. Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces, our facial expressions, and the dirty looks that we should shoot at each other in the middle of this podcast. Make sure that you follow, subscribe, like, comment, five-star, um, add us on Twitter, ratio us, whatever you want to do. But interact with me and Connor. We absolutely love to talk to you guys all the time about everything Arizona State Sun Devils. So, Connor... We got a lot to talk about tonight, mainly about basketball. But first, I want to talk some more football. I want to talk some more Jaden Daniels transfer. But more than Jaden Daniels, I want to talk some potential options to come into Tempe. And the most intriguing option was a guy that I actually brought up a little while ago when this news first broke. Connor, former USC five-star recruit, current Georgia Bulldogs backup quarterback, JT Daniels. Is he a possibility to come to Arizona State for his final year of eligibility and play for the Sun Devils this year? We should have looked this up before the podcast, but do you know off the top of your head what the J starts with in JT? Is is it is it Josh? I no no I didn't look it up. Like I'm legitimately asking. Like <laughs> one of the odds that it's it's also Jaden. Probably not very good. Or could we replace Jaden Daniels with the Jaden Daniels? Uh, maybe I just want to stick to the JT Daniels version as of right now. But yeah, you highlighted him. Maybe it was last week or the week before. But uh, JT Daniels has entered the transfer portal, uh, not taking over for, I think it's Stetson Bennett, right, over at uh, Georgia. Uh, yes. The guy brings a lot of starting experience. Uh, I believe his time at USC, he got hurt. And then Keaton Slovis stepped in, right, and kind of took the starting job uh, from there, who also got hurt for Jackson Dart to take the starting job. Anyways, it's an endless cycle of just hurt USC quarterbacks. But Slovis did play well at USC, at least in his time when he was healthy. Uh, but that being said, he then transferred to Georgia and just not, hasn't necessarily seen the starting time that he would have liked at this point in his career. Uh, so maybe, right? At the end of the day, we can only speculate on who can come to this Arizona State Sun Devils team. At, at the end of the day, like big picture for me, let's say Daniels isn't too fond of where the direction of this program is heading. If he's only coming here for one year. Maybe that's not that big a, a factor in his decision. 
right? Right. Uh, for for a younger quarterback that they would try be trying to get maybe through the transfer portal, that's probably a little bit of a bigger deal. And same thing goes for the coaching staff. I've already kind of mentioned this before over the last week or two. The coaching staff wants a veteran. They need everything they can do to save their jobs. And bringing in a guy like uh, JT Daniels, it, it might just be that spark that they need uh, to hopefully be able to kind of keep them afloat through everything that they're going through. Connor, JT Daniels, everyone forgets, is one of the most prolific high school quarterbacks to ever play in the country of the United States of America. Daniels has all sorts of passing records throughout the entire country. Don't ask me where he played. I want to say he's a Texas kid, but I feel like that's really, really wrong. But what I do know is that Daniels is one of the most accomplished high school quarterbacks ever. There was a reason why he was a consensus five-star quarterback. If my memory serves, he was the number one overall quarterback. He might have even been the number one overall I th- player in his. I think he was class. third, depending on who I guess you're, what source you're talking about for recruiting. Uh, from what that's I understand, he, he was true. just behind uh, Lawrence and Fields, but that's still decent company to be in, I guess. Uh, so, so good for him still being number three against those guys. There you go. Well, regardless. Daniels was all that and a bag of peanuts when he was coming out of high school and going to USC was a surprise to no one because how many other quarterback prodigy guys have gone to USC, the Carson Palmers and the Matt Leinerts and the Matt Barkley's and the Mark Sanchez's and the, Hey, one of those this, guys, that, and the others. Hey, yeah, Matt, Matt Leiner did win a Heisman. You're hey. right. Um, <laughs> Carson Palmer. You've had all sorts of, amazing quarterback prodigies go through USC's doors. And it wasn't a surprise to anyone that JT Daniels wanted to fall in line and be next. But unfortunately the injuries had their own toll in his time down at USC and Keaton Slovis came in and Keaton Slovis looked very nice. And then unfortunately Slovis ended up taking over JT's role because JT couldn't get healthy and Slovis had more years of eligibility and that's all she wrote. So Daniel goes and transfers to Georgia and everyone's thinking that, Oh, this is an easy replacement. Stetson Bennett is the very definition of like an average college quarterback. Well, couldn't Not even beat Georgia. out Stetson Bennett. Smart. Exactly. Couldn't even beat out Stetson Bennett. Take that with a grain of salt because now Stetson Bennett is a national champion. We can say whatever we want about him. He is a good enough quarterback and that's all that matters. So JT Daniels, is on his last leg right now and he needs to go to a place where he knows that he's going to be the starter because Stetson Bennett's back for his final year. This is JT Daniels final year of college eligibility. There's no way he's going back to Georgia behind a guy who just won a national championship. There's no way he's going back to USC who just brought in Caleb Williams. There is plenty of opportunities all around the country for him to get a starting position and premium opportunities as well. But Arizona State should be one of those schools on his watch because there is so there's so much uncertainty as to who could start that JT Daniels comes into Tempe right now, Connor, and I would tell you he should be considered the heavyweight to start. He- heavyweight for sure, right? You still have to go through your practices. You got to work with the coaches, and the coach has to have confidence in you at the end of the day. Uh, but again, I think JT would be that that veteran-ish kind of guy that they're looking for. Um, end of the day, like we talked later last week about potential landing spots for Jaden Daniels. 
All of those schools should also be courting JT Daniels, in my opinion, over Jaden. And then more. So, and then more. so in terms of ASU being on his list, I don't doubt that we could be on his list. I just want to know how far down the list we are. Because I, I would probably not think that we are his number one choice. But again, I would think there were at least an option for him. Uh, so, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, if there is a bigger program at the end of the day that wants him, I think they're going to get him, right? It's not some sort of like bidding war with scholarships that we can kind of really compete with these schools. Because at the end of the day, like ASU has a lot of black eyes right now. There's so much changing about this program. We still have the sanction violations coming down to the school. It's not a very good look, right? The school is kind of high profile, right? high profile, but for all the wrong reasons. That may not be where JT Daniels wants to be able to, to kind of cement his legacy in college football. That is one more season kind of writing it with ASU. That being said, this is a marriage right between him and the school. The coach has to like him. He has to like the program. So at the end of the day, even if he wants to go to a, a better program than what ASU has to offer right now, they also still have to want him. I, I think there will be a long list of guys uh, or at least other schools uh, that are potentially going to be in ASU. Until he actually goes somewhere else, I think we have to at least consider it as an option. 100%. And I feel like that's all that we should be considered right now for JT is an option. So the bright side, Connor, is that unlike a lot of other schools that have these possible openings, like, like maybe an LSU or a Wisconsin or an Oklahoma, which honestly, like, Oklahoma should be throwing a lot of money at JT Daniels right now. Literal money, too. But yeah. Okay, side note, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, putting like the big name of JT Daniels in Oklahoma for a team that's trying to regain its, its, um, what, its image, it in a sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After who, you lose Lincoln Riley taking... and you lose all your quarterbacks – who took the head coaching position? Because I don't feel like it was a I can't remember name. his name, but it was the Clemson defensive coordinator. Okay. I can't remember his name. It was a great hire. All okay. things considered, like A-plus home run hire. But that, yeah, just real quick sidetrack. That that would be a really fun move. Would to put JT Daniels down with uh, the Sooners. That, that would be very interesting. But... Anyways, this is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, not the Locked on Sooners podcast, which you guys can always check out if for some reason you I'd sooner rather be talking about any other football program than ASU right now. Boop, boop, boop. We stink, but we would not stink <laughs> if we had Jaden or JT Daniels. No, if we had It'd be a nice shot in the arm for sure. Yeah, exactly. No, that that would be covering up the wound for at least one year. But and and before we end it, let's let's say this. Me and Connor aren't saying that Paul Tyson's not good enough. We're not saying Trent Borgay is not good enough. What we're saying is you need as many shots at the dartboard as possible right now. And JT Daniels, which certainly easily, less proven. Exactly. JT is the most proven option. He's the highest upside option. And he's the option that gets the fan base excited. If, if you sold jerseys with last names on them, JT Daniels would be that jersey seller for you. JT Daniels, for what the school can get out of him, money-wise, would get the fans back in the seats because that's a name and a good name and an exciting name. So if, if there was a move that ASU needed to make 
and and this this tweet went out earlier yesterday. So you got this is the Wednesday edition. On Tuesday, the Arizona State Sun Devils uh, football team put out their uh, final notice for season ticket holders to retain their prices for their season tickets. Obviously, JT Daniels getting there would be a little too late, but this would be that move to get people to say, you know what? I'll buy in for 2022. Why not? We have JT Daniels. Let's see what we got. This is that move. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. So let's go ahead. Let's call it quits on the football portion of this of this podcast. When we return after this first break, we're going to go ahead and break down the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball loss to the UCLA Bruins. But first, we got to talk to you about our good friends over at Bill Bar. So guys, uh, we say this almost every single podcast. Bill Bar is one of our, our favorite ads that we get to talk about, right? Because it, it works, right? And, and for you guys, it's that time of the year where pretty much some of you guys as our listeners might have given up on all of your New Year's resolutions but not Richie and I. This year, we're sticking to our resolutions and we're going to eat right strictly thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually like enjoy eating them. And I, I know Richie does as well. But if you guys tried the Puffs, if you haven't, you're just missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy, uh, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All those are so good. And they're going to be your new favorite flares as long as you give them a try. All built bars are again covered in 100% real chocolate and they're low calorie, high protein. Replace your regular candy bars with these. These options are so much better. The typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. And if you go to built.com right now, scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, and low carb. They're not even comparable. If you look at most of the built bars, they contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Again, not even comparable. Mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and all flavors are coming out, or sorry, new flavors are coming out all the time. So if you think a flavor might be good, They'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you at the exact same time. So here's the offer. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Connor. We talked football in the first segment. We're going to talk about basketball for the remainder of the podcast. The first thing we got to do, we got to break down a loss. So unfortunately, Monday night, Arizona State was the ultimate losers in a matchup against the UCLA Bruins. This was a rematch after ASU took down the then number three UCLA Bruins in triple overtime in Tempe. Well, unfortunately, UCLA had revenge on their mind and they actually stuck to their guns and were able to get the win to the tune of a 66 to 52 win only only a 14 point loss i i don't know that feels like a very weird thing to say but it was only 14 points put that the game, put, hang that the in the rafters ebbed, the game ebbed and flowed richie it just did like I, i'm not gonna lie 
Yes, we've been playing well as of late. We had a three-game winning streak going into it. I didn't expect ASU to necessarily be in this game. I, I just didn't. Um, now, I know uh, UCLA was down one of their better guards whose name is escaping me off the top of my head. Um, regardless, I, I didn't necessarily think that ASU would really be contending. Um, the game started off a little slow overall. Neither team scored a bucket for like two minutes. Um, but within that first half, I want to say that uh, UCLA led by as much as 17 at one point. Um, so very much a one-sided uh, kind of game for UCLA in the first half. ASU did go on, I believe it was a 6-0 run towards the end of the first half, kind of making it a little bit closer than they appeared. But overall, not a very good not a very good start for the Sun Devils team. Not exactly where we expect them to be, who's been more of a, a first-half kind of team this year. Marion Jackson had four turnovers, uh, in the, I believe, in the first half alone. Uh, and I think we had nine in the first half. Uh, so that was, I think, compared to like 11 over, or like total uh, from the last game that we had played. Not necessarily the place that we want to be in. Uh, in the second half, however, ASU did play much better out of the gate. They went on an 11-2 to two run, I believe, um, very early on, pulling them to within uh, single digits. I think they were down maybe six at that point. And again, it was very, uh, from there, it just kind of ebbed and flowed, right? I will say, ASU coming back to make it a one-point game with about eight minutes left. Did not see that coming, especially how they played in the first half. Uh, but again, they did get it uh, down to one point, but... After that, UCLA really just took over, and this game wasn't even close at that point. Uh, just kind of kept going everything in UCLA's favor uh, to where they were essentially at double digits with just a few minutes left, and UCLA was making their free throws, which, speaking of free throws, Richie, oh my God. we made 75% of ours. That's really good. Oh, but we only shot four and made three of them. Uh, oh. on, the other hand, on the other hand, UCLA couldn't miss from the free throw line, so good for them. They shot 90% as a team, but Sounds they made like they 18 – 18 of 20. Sounds Basically, like, like tell you what, you, if you do that throughout the year, I, I would say that's darn near perfect. Yes, you end up missing some free throws, but 90% is about almost as good as it gets uh, realistically in terms of basketball. So, uh, But another game, very wide discrepancy in terms of overall free throws. Um, it just not the only reason that they lost, right? Not the only reason. Um, but definitely one of the main contributors. ASU shot 40% as a team, which is not great. Uh, but certainly could have been worse, uh, still above their season average. Uh, from deep, they were not good at all. They shot 26.3%. Um, and, and then overall, if you look at the rest of their uh, statistics, rebounds, assists, steals, it wasn't that far off of what UCLA was doing. Really, the biggest discrepancy was overall in uh, in rebounds. UCLA had seven more. Uh, but, I mean, overall, steals, blocks, assists, I mean, those numbers are all pretty comparable across the board uh, between these teams. So, at the end of the day, like, ASU just did not shoot well. It's not like they got dominated by a very good UCLA team uh, who has a very good offense. They gave up 66 points, probably about on par with what they've been doing most of the season, maybe a little bit better. But at the end of the day, this is kind of the ASU offense that we saw more often throughout the game or uh, more th often throughout the season. They did have multiple contributors. They had one, two, three, four, five guys put up at least eight points, but nobody had more than nine. Yep. Yep, this was one of those games, Connor. Some of the some of the biggest insecurities of this team came and reared its ugly head again. You put the you put UCLA on the line twenty times last night. You only got on the line yourself four times, and congrats, you shot seventy five percent, but that's three of four. Meanwhile, they shot ninety percent. They eighteen of twenty, Connor. That's going to kill every team, not just Arizona State. But then you you had quote unquote consistent performers for the entirety of your team, but no one stood out. The highest score sure. was what Marion with nine, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I think he had three tied with nine, but Marion Jackson, DJ Horn did not yes. play well. They shot three for 11 and three of 12, respectively. Yep. Those are the two guys that you need to be able to put up points. And if they each make a couple more baskets, now I'm not talking about like three or four each, because that's not realistic. But if they go five for 11, five for 12, kind of what they've been uh, for, for most of the year, at least Marion as of late, DJ Horn early on in the season. Right. It, it's just a closer game. It, it just is. And, and it's not so much that the score ends at exactly that. If they're making some more of those shots, uh, coaches call different plays. Different decisions are made. You're giving yourself, uh, obviously, a much better chance to be able to win this game. So when your best players are playing bad, that's something ASU can't afford. 100%. And unfortunately, this was just one of those games where Arizona State wasn't able to put a a full 40-minute effort into the game. The first half was very, very forgettable. Only 21 points, Connor, in the first half. Like, that's... That almost you saw that and you're like, yeah, we're gonna lose. And it's they had 42 the other night. Yes, exactly. Well, and they came out and they shot 31 points in the second half. So it's like, where, where has, where is the consistency here? Like this, this has been one of the biggest reasons that Arizona State hasn't been able to maintain any type of consistency this year. It's because whenever they, it feels like they start to get something going and brewing and cooking in the right way, it kind of goes right out the window. And that that was the same issue that they had Monday night against the Did Bruins. Did you just say brewing on purpose? Um, No, but I'm going to go ahead and pretend I did. Pat on my back. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> um, so nice we'll, we'll talk more a little bit about – yeah, I'm just going to move past that. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. talk more about uh, what this means for the program for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, overall, if we looked at their schedule, Richie, if you could handpick one game to lose, it was this, this game was against it. UCLA. This was right. It. They were trying to prove out that uh, that game against them was a fluke, and ultimately it was. Uh, again, I didn't expect ASU to pull within one, uh, within 10 minutes of the second half. So good for them. They did end up covering. The line did move, I think, from originally 15.5 to 14.5, uh, maybe even 14, depending on uh, the book you were using. But I know uh, bet online, uh, you were able to get that at 14 and a half up to game time. So if you took ASU to cover, they just barely did. But that's what the great teams do, Richie. Um, so great cover by ASU there. Moral victory for us. And as a famous Papa Bradshaw would say, a win is a win, even if it's not actually in the win column. So that'll just wrap it up. Exactly. That'll wrap up the second segment. When we come back for the third and final segment of the podcast, me and Connor got to talk about tournament odds for the Arizona State Sun Devils. But first, a sponsor and a word from our friends at BetOnline. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back. <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we are. Yep. <laughs> we're back. We're, we're back and better than ever. So... Connor, let's talk tournament. Are, are, are we in? Are we out? We're, we're out. But are 
are are we are we maybe in? What do you, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? so realistically like if you start having these conversations of if we just go on this big winning streak, that's not realistic. However, if they just go on this big winning streak, maybe it's going to be enough, right? Because you and I had talked like five, six games out before the end of the regular season. And like we had just talked about a couple minutes ago at the end of the second segment, if you could just lose one game to UCLA, but you win everything else, you have a three-game win streak before, you have a four-game win streak to end the season, and you make some serious noise in the Pac-12 tournament, uh, potentially get to the finals of the Pac-12 championship, that might be enough. It's like, seriously, like you're at that point, you're only going to be uh, what you're going to have, uh, you'll be a 500 team in your conference uh, because you're six and 10 on the season after the loss to UCLA. So you're going to be 10 and 10 within your conference, uh, still under 500 overall, a couple wins in the Pac-12 tournament and maybe a, a close loss in the uh, the finale or maybe even a win. That is your only shot. That is it. That, that That's what you're looking at. And for the re- remainder of the season, they get a couple easy games. Like they have a, a Utah coming up. Uh, they do have a couple people in front of them in the standings as well, uh, such as like Stanford and they have Colorado coming up on Thursday. So they have a chance to be able to climb in the standings a little bit, but you have to kind of go back to what you were doing during that winning streak. You can't just kind of win games like they have for the last couple of years by about five points or so. You have to be winning by like double digits or hopefully close to, the, to those uh, 20 point victories like they had during that winning streak. If you can seriously put a, an exclamation point on the end of the season, and against your opponents in the Pac-12, that might be enough to at least make people think a little bit more about your uh, your playing odds. At this point, Connor, everything's got to go right for you. It, it's not right. just about the stars aligning. Like you, you literally need everything to fall into place for you if you want any hope and chance of getting yourself back into the tournament right now. It starts with winning out, and winning out still puts you, Connor, at fourteen and sixteen on the year. I'm not sure what that would give your overall record. I'm pretty sure you would still be sub 500 in conference play. When I say overall record, I meant uh, conference play. Your your overall overall record would be 14 and 16 on the year. I'm not sure about the conference play off the top of my head is what I was getting at. But you'd be 500. You'd be uh, you'd be 10 and 10. Well, there you go. <laughs> sounds sounds good enough to me. So that that's where it starts is finding a way to go 10 and 10 in your conference from there you you better finish in like the top four in your conference tournament like there's no absolutely no room and margin for error in that point if not you almost have to win it like you yeah you you, gotta you you gotta find a way to get every single win that you possibly can to end the year and no, no more than like two losses. And that, that yeah, you, you basically have to have like two statement wins, right? If you can knock off any two of Arizona, US, USC, UCLA, or Oregon uh, while winning out, that's exactly. probably your, your, your best bet of advertisement, right? Because and it's you have no better chance than being a, a play in turn, uh, tournament, right? Yep. One of those four Precisely. teams for just a playing game. That that's all you have to look forward to. Uh because realistically, your record is not going to show a team that that deserves to be there. But again, as we had talked about early or this week, uh, the NCAA tournament wants the most drama and most upset opportunity. That whatever is going to get people watching these games. So for an ASU team that could potentially beat multiple top uh, or top twenty-five teams, all while being unranked at the same time, that's going to be worth at least having a conversation about. 
Now, at the end of the day, if they don't get in, are we going to come on this podcast and say, can't believe they didn't make it? Can't believe it. They won out their last four games. They went to the finals and they played a really tough game. Can't believe ASU didn't make it. No. Oh, that'll be they me. Played, that's not what we're going to do. Bad, Richie. Not in the house. They, they played so poorly early on in the season when they had those opportunities, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the, the teams they shouldn't have lost against. But obviously, the whole battle for Atlanta's tournament, you lost to some really good teams. You lost to a Baylor, which that's to be expected. You lost to a Loyola Chicago, who's been a solid basketball program over the last couple of years. Don't forget that UC Riverside loss. That's that's I think what the game I was thinking of, right? That was a three quarter, uh, three yep. quarter like buzzer beater. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end of the day, like if you win that game, does that seriously change? And everything else stays the same. Everything else, like does that seriously change ASU's overall outlook on the season? No, but it helps at least a teeny tiny bit, Precisely. just a little bit. Yep. And find find some other games in there. There are plenty of other games that me and Connor haven't mentioned just now that you teeter it the other way, and suddenly ASU isn't in this this much of heated water as we were as we were thinking we were going to be in. And unfortunately, this is exactly the situation that we have presented ourselves with. Is maybe if you just kept losing, you wouldn't have made Richie and Connor start to talk about the potential of. Could we be a play-in team? Maybe I'm, okay. just... I'm ready to have my heart broken again. I'm okay. I, I'm I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not ready. Okay. Like I just I I'm I'm ready for the off season. I'm not ready for the off season because it's going to be a long off season. I just now if they lose to Colorado on Thursday, then yeah, your your hopes are just totally gone. So I, like we understand, we're talking about a very thin thread of hope right now. But yeah, a loss to any of the next four games, I mean, you're you're sunk. So yep. That's that's unfortunately the the situation that you have placed yourselves in right now. But Connor, we've said it before, we'll say it again. Expect to be disappointed, and you'll never be disappointed. That's the thought logic when you're watching Arizona. I don't remember that. I've I've said that before. I don't like I feel like something happened. I forgot all about that. Oh, it it's it's from um it's from that that new uh, that new superhero movie. What was it? Um, like the like that. I can't remember his name. Like that? It's gone. Yeah, it's, it's like, gone. Oh, I see what you did there. I I actually like that. That's like a thousand IQ joke right there. So we'll go. I'll, I'll leave it there. I ain't, I ain't about to spoil that for people. So because I I love the people too much. So. We will go ahead and actually wrap up the podcast right there. Thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every single day. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes but is not limited to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Odyssey, YouTube. Yes, there we go. And we're also on YouTube as well. If you want to subscribe, follow, like, share, five-star, comment, ratio, add us, whatever you want to do, find us. Me and Connor are there. At Richie Brads 36 on Twitter, at C Drios for Connor on Twitter, and at LO underscore Sun Devils on Twitter for the podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. Go ahead and make your second listen locked on NFL draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on some levels.